Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another installment in our Gallivant miniseries. You sat through season two of Schmigadoon, aka Schmigacago, and you've now sat through almost an entire season of Gallivant season one. And joining me on this quest once again, as we get ever so closer to Valencia, it is the one and only Ryan Barakovich. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Mac. Don't we get into Valencia in this episode? It's not even closer. Very briefly. We're literally there. At the uh, very end, yeah. we do. At the very, very end, we do. In the last five minutes of the episode, they finally get in, which I think could have been a longer <laughs> sequence, but we'll get into that. We'll get into it. <laughs> yes. All right. Here we go. Ryan, why don't you give us a summary of what happened in this episode, which is called Mad Elena? Completely Madalena. Sorry, completely Madalena. That is right. Yes, completely Madalena. Yes. It's been quite the social climb for you, and money at last it's time for you. So answer the call for you, and go take it all for you. Who else is going to answer? episode five of season one yes uh i'm gonna level with you i feel like this is a hard episode to describe concisely or to kind of like beat it out into specific like point a to b as i've usually yeah. tried to do in the, the synopsis portion of these episodes mm-hmm. uh because okay cards on the table i think this is a very good episode but it's also structurally a bit of a strange one Uh, as i think it 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 is i'm not saying this is a problem i can unpack Mm -hmm. as we sort of do more appraisal yeah why i think this is a little weird but as we kind of talked about those previous episodes leading up to this point were very (laughs) adventure of the week setups along the road episodic this is the first episode that kind of it's sort of like we're already beginning act three of the arc of the Mm -hmm. season Mm-hmm. But we're exactly halfway through the season, so it's sort of lopsided, wonky. We're over halfway. There's eight of... episodes, so we're officially over the halfway mark. Well, we're we, we are, but this is three. this is the beginning of the second yes. half of the season, yes. and yet, yes. if we're thinking in terms of three act structure, it's kind of mm-hmm. all of the second half of the season is Act Three. So it's kind yeah. of a little so, and like it's fine. I'm not saying that's a problem. Mm-hmm. You could throw save yeah. the cat out the window. I'm just saying yeah. that it, it's sort of just interesting that this episode. Yeah. Kind of feels like the beginning of the end, but it's mm-hmm. sort of hard to even articulate what happens in this episode. Mm-hmm. So I'll do my best, but it's okay. kind of a bit, Here we go. it's a bit of a mid-season setup kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. okay, so this episode begins with Madalena having, or actually, no, we start on the boat, which yes. where we left off last time. Again, yeah. this again, I'm going to struggle to yeah. try to piece together all the pieces, yeah. but we left off our little golden trio of protagonists on the pirate ship on their way to Valencia. Mm-hmm. And Gallivant has like this little mini song about how he's on his way. Yeah, Adelaide's or Izzy still, you know, yeah, grappling with her decision. And the best thing is Sid doing the, you know, we can hear you. 
right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which it's so funny to me that like they're all aware, <laughs> like there's no as- real asides in this world. Everyone yeah. can hear what you say in your asides, but nobody's bothered by the things they hear you say yeah. while you're in the side, which is <laughs> such an interesting paradox that I kind of love. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Galavan briefly sings on the boat about how he's on his way, or he's almost there, and then we cut to Richard in the castle in Valencia that he's almost here and he's planning the evil things he's going to yeah. say uh, when Galavant arrives. Well, 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 so sinisterly, which will blow up in his face later in the episode. <laughs> um, yeah, so we have, yeah, this kind of, you know, the culmination or culminating towards where the setup <laughs> that we had in episode one of yeah. is he's luring Galavant back <laughs> into this trap. <laughs> and then... Madalena sings a little song to herself in the mirror, yes. or her mirror self sing the song back to her, however you want to look at it. Yeah, and the song is all about ha- how she should be in charge. She's going to stage somewhat of a coup. It's all going to, you know, set her up as the, the true <laughs> villain of the season, yes. uh, which from her perspective is pretty interesting, which I guess we'll talk about when we get into the song specifically. But uh, yeah, she in this opening sequence of this episode comes up with the idea that she's going to take control of her own life and not be reliant on mm-hmm. silly uh, Richard, who, as far as she's concerned, has failed to get the Jewel of Valencia and she mm-hmm. doesn't yet know about his plan to lure Gallivant mm-hmm. back. Yes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm trying to think of the order of the events, but our trio of Gallivant, Izzy and Sid, they arrive in Valencia mm-hmm. And they're they're going to storm the castle and Gallivant's planning what's the most heroic way of doing it, mm-hmm. what day to do it on, because people will write their songs about it. But Izzy, because she's grappling with the morality of this, convinces him to spend the night in a monastery because he needs a bath, he smells bad, and that's no way to do your heroic adventure. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, so they show up in a monastery where the Valencian monks haven't sworn a vow of silence, but they've sworn a vow of song. <laughs> and the lead monk is played by none other than Weird Al Yankovic, who we'll talk about very soon in more detail. But it's yes. so delightful when he shows up on screen with all of his funny monks and they sing yes. the We're the Monks song. Um, so yeah, they're, they're spending the night at this monastery. Gallivant needs to have a bath and Izzy uses the opportunity to seek spiritual counsel from this lead monk because she's grappling with what to do in the situation where you know she can't let her parents die but she feels bad about gallivant and there's there's a lot of heavy hinting in here i feel like to call it hinting is you know a bit of an understatement that izzy has fallen for gallivant and everybody seems to recognize it yes uh because the that's part of the conversation she has with the monk, and you know, <laughs> either uh, you break your vow or I break your pipe. <laughs> yes, exactly. She will not allow him to continue singing, which is very fun. Uh, meanwhile, we kind of have a bit of a C plot in this episode too, Ooh, do. with our dear friend the chef, where we are introduced yeah. to his love interest, who it only kind of enters the picture i don't believe we've seen her yet in one of the episodes no, prior the to this point no it's the first episode we get to meet her gwen yeah her yeah gwen or gwen gwen it's it? gwen. gwen gwen yeah so uh, yeah she shows up here and she will continue to be a regular cast member for the remainder of yes. the series so it's yes. kind of just funny to me that she's just like, oh yeah she's here she exists yeah. and then yeah. she's just yeah. gonna be the handmaiden <laughs> yeah, yeah so she's madalena's handmaiden and the chef has a crush on her 
but she seems interested in him, but doesn't see any possibility for a future because nope. poor folks like them can't have a happily ever after in this horrible mm-hmm. medieval world where mm-hmm. the king and queen can just decide to murder them on a whim, as we know has happened yeah. to most of the generations of the mm-hmm. chef's family. <laughs> so, you know, she's And we find out that he sleeps in the kitchen. Yes. Or does he cook in his bedroom? Yes, that's the way that he <laughs> makes it more exciting for himself to describe it. So because Natalena notices that there is this little flirtation going on between her servant and the chef, she decides that she's, we don't yet know what her plan is that she started monologuing about in the previous song, but she wants to go to the chef for intel about what Richard's planning, because she knows he's up to something, but doesn't yet know the specific. And Mm -hmm. she offers, I I guess, Mm -hmm. some assistance in his courting of Gwen as payment Mm -hmm. for getting him on her side in terms of the intel Mm -hmm. she requires, because he's preparing a meal of some kind for Gallivant's return, but doesn't know the reasoning of what the occasion is. Mm -hmm. So with Chef's help, uh, she overhears that Richard is planning on having Gallivant come and that they're going to kill him which mm-hmm. helps Madalena reconceive the plan that she was maybe considering. Although at this point in the mm-hmm. episode, we don't yet know what she's thinking. So back to our main, our main plot, mm-hmm. Gallivant and Izzy and Sid dress up disguised as monks to break into the castle uh, of Valencia so they can, Oh, actually, sorry. I'm realizing I skipped a, an important scene where Izzy goes to the castle by herself to parlay with Richard Yes, she does. Mm-hmm. And we have and he very, fakes her parents' death. Yes, we have the very funny <laughs> Titus Andronicus-inspired sight gag of yeah. her parents' <laughs> heads on trays, uh, which they seem totally cool with. We're the, sorry, dude. We've been, we've been in captivity for a long time. Yes, Richard thought this would be funny. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Richard will, will not hear anything she has to say. He yeah. holds all the cards, so... Mm-hmm. Whereas she was trying to negotiate to spare Gallivant's life, that doesn't seem to be an option. So now back to storming the castle disguised Mm -hmm. as monks after we know that this conversation has transpired. Sid does not get the memo to not to like hide his real clothes underneath the monk. Yes, (laughs) he's going full monk commando. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So Izzy tries one last ditch effort to be like, we don't need to. You know, I can get a new kingdom. It's fine. We don't need to save the kingdom. Let's just quickly save my parents, get yeah. Adelaine and get out of here. I think that that'll convince Galvant. But Galvant has had a, you know, he's had a character arc at this point. Yes. He's experienced some growth and he, you know, I'm only magnanimous every once every so often. So let me tell you that, you know, I, <laughs> you know, you've really been a great influence on me. You've yeah. turned my life around. I owe you so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. And so they're, you know, they have a sweet moment, but unfortunately it's a trap and Richard That's a trap. <laughs> yes, Admiral Akbar, as he would say. Uh, yes. Richard is there waiting for them with Gareth. And what was the sorry, I forget what was the joke that Richard said that instead of the well, 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 he said something about up your butt it, or whatever. Yes, it, yes, yes, and shove it up your butt. <laughs> and shove it up your butt. So it's like, oh damn, that I ruined my opportunity. Well, 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 oh, it's too late now. <laughs> And, and, damn it gareth i get to say the scary yes lines. and i get gareth uh, gets you know kind of takes isabel a hostage and he's like oh i haven't killed anyone all day he's like damn it gareth i get to say the cool lines <laughs> so so naturally gallivant yields and he mm-hmm. and sid and izzy all get sent to the dungeon but not before richard mm-hmm. reveals that izzy was 
uh, deceiving him and was playing uh, this ploy yep. at, at Richard's request, which makes both Gallivant and Sid feel very betrayed. Mm. And just before Gallivant is taken to be executed, he asks Izzy, was what you told me about Madalena a lie? That does she really mm. want to see me? To which Izzy answers, interestingly, I don't know. That's right. Because she made up that element of the story to convince Gallivant yes. to come along for the ride. But that doesn't mean that Madalena doesn't want Gallivant. She just legitimately doesn't know what the answer is to that. Yeah. So as the executioner puts the hood on Gallivant and takes him away, we cut back to... Oh, man, this again, this episode is so stringy. I'm realizing important scenes that I've missed. There, We have our song between Chef and Gwen about the date that they're going to have at yeah. Madalena's insistence as payment for... my life with you. Yeah, as payment for Chef's help. She set up this date and they have this song together and they yeah. agree to have a date and Madalena has dictated a very specific menu of things that she <laughs> wants them to have on this yeah. little romantic evening. So when Gwen, we cut between Gallivant being taken to the gallows and Gwen showing mm -hmm. up for the date only to find that yeah. Chef's not there. What's going mm -hmm. on? Because when Richard sees Gallivant on the gallows and pulls down the hood, who is it underneath? It's not Gallivant, it's Chef. Oh no, it's what, something <laughs> something must have gone horribly wrong, which for <laughs> Chef is it's yeah. very concerning. And, you know, he's always very close to being executed at any time. But, you know, this should be something just as he was about to have his big date. Uh, <laughs> but this could have been the end of it. I uh, love the Rick screaming between Richard and him where it's like, yes. Ah! Ah! <laughs> so Richard's like, well, where the hell is Gallivant? To which mm -hmm. we find that Madalena had arranged it, that Chef was sent to the gallows and Gallivant yes. was brought to the meal that mm -hmm. she had Chef set up thinking that it was his date with Gwen. But really, it's Gallivant's date with Madalena. And she was, right. once she found out that he was coming to Valencia, she arranged to have him meet her. She cuts the rope off his hands and they have the mm -hmm. meal that she prepared, which is all of Gallivant's favorites. So there was method in the madness there. Yes. And she reveals just to Gallivant at the very end that she sent a letter to some mysterious someone who we don't get to see, but we see a kind of Dr. Claw type hand yeah. with a sword and a scabbard who is on their way and her plan is in motion. Wahaha kind of thing. And Gallivant <laughs> isn't sure how he feels about all this, but he has been very excited to see Madalena. So yeah. things are maybe going well for him. Yeah. Who's to say? Wow, this was a, I will admit, tough episode to synopsize because there's a lot of moving parts here. There was, but you yes. did it well, Brian. Bravo. Oh, thanks. <laughs> bravo, bravo. Yes, I will say this is like the first really serialized follow-up episode where, you know, like this is kind of where all of a sudden we've gone from a very episodic adventure to now where this is all going to bleed one to the next. So we definitely have left the old format behind uh -huh. and now we're right back into the main story. And this is kind of the closest Princess Bride episode that I would say we've gotten so far with the whole... You know, gotta go see the miracle worker, like the monk, you know. He's kind of, and, and, and then you got the whole, like, have fun storming the castle. Doesn't go right, you know, that type of thing there. They kind of end up in, like, the pits of despair. I, I, was, I was ready for Galway to do the death first. <laughs> what was that? What was that? <laughs> yes. yes. No, yeah, that'd be. Yeah, I, yeah, we've talked yeah. a lot about how the Princess Bride has, is clearly an influence on the comedy yes. of this. And yeah, you're right. This episode definitely 
you know, if in case yes. it wasn't clear that was what's a lot of what's going on here, it brings us into that territory for sure. Absolutely. So there's that. And then, yeah, I mean, overall, though, just our thoughts on this particular episode. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I Like you, this is definitely a very strong episode. And what it made me realize is I'm now back rewatching this season again. It's the pacing where it's mm-hmm. like, I feel like we could have taken the pirate episode and the Sid's parents episode, combined them into one and then given more time to expand this episode's story mm-hmm. out a bit more. Like, you know, like make it into a bit of a longer heisting to get into the castle, you know, have some fun there. Maybe have some more adventures with the monks. I don't know. Something like maybe develop Izzy's parents a bit more, like have some fun with them. You know, like I mean, there's a maybe there's a failed escape attempt where Izzy tries to get her parents out, but fails miserably. I don't know. Like just something more you could have done. There's so much more meat on this episode that you really could have given more of a meal of this versus like trying to combine three separate plots mm-hmm. into one thing. But I will say they did do a good job of intermixing the plots. Well, yeah, like yeah. this, I struggle with how I feel about this episode, because while I do think they did a very good job turning this episode into something mm-hmm. uh, that I think is substantial and has merit in its own right, it kind of filler is the wrong word. I don't want to call it yeah. filler because it, it definitely isn't filler. It's setting mm-hmm. us up, but it's kind of like a weird bridging the gap episode. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a lot of it is just about getting the chess pieces in the right spot. So big things can happen later. And as a result, like I I think hats off to the writers um, of this episode who did a very good job of turning what kind of feels like a filler, setting up the chessboard premise Mm -hmm. and kind of making it work and giving kind of thematic payoffs and, convoluted setups like the intertwining of the chef's plot with the gallivant plot as we saw in that kind of cross-cutting near the very end yeah but but yeah i feel like my difficulty describing this episode kind of i think is a a slight demerit against this episode just on its own terms i know usually closer to the end of these discussions we talk about you know with our rankings and treating it as a self-contained unit but i think this episode it's funny, we've we've talked about how these episodes came out in pairs originally. And yes. were so this episode and the following one that's gonna cut that we'll talk about next week would have aired on the same night. And I think it's funny because this episode ends on a cliffhanger. It's it really does. we don't know who the person that Madeline is talking about is at the end. But I don't know if anybody in the history of this show has ever watched this episode in just a single sitting with nothing else before or after it. Because like I've talked before about how this is a hard show not to binge and we are actively resisting binging it uh, (laughs) in the way that we are dealing with this weekly. But even the original audience never, if you were watching this as it aired, because you would see this episode, it ends on a cliffhanger and then instantly you go into the next episode, which answer, if my memory serves, will answer the question that cliffhanger raised. So yeah, yeah, so it's funny Mm -hmm. that I don't think anyone in the history of this Mm -hmm. show has ever consumed this episode in isolation the way we do Mm -hmm. we have here. And consuming it in isolation, I think kind of, in my mind, again, it's impressive what they've done with it, but I kind of think it's a bit of an unsatisfying episode when Mm -hmm. taken in a vacuum as we're doing right here. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Definitely, we... Like the next episode answers who the who like who our 
mystery person is. And it, and I definitely like at lunch when I rewatched this episode today, I was so ready to get to the next episode. <laughs> yeah. And, to, and get to all the hijinks that's going to happen in the next episode, you know, but it's one of those things where it's just, yeah, uh, 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 this definitely is not, a, this definitely is one of those mid serial episodes where you can't just jump in halfway through and go, what's going on? Like you definitely would definitely have some confusion there. of Who are these? Yeah. What are their relationships? What is the, like overall plot in order to see the nuance of who these characters are. Like obviously if you watched it standalone without knowing who it is, you'd you get right away. Okay. Madalena, clearly a villain. Richard is a bit of adult. Gallivant is, is kind of Prince Charming coming to save the day, but there's more to them. Like you need the season as a whole to kind of build who these people are. So you really appreciate this episode to see where they're growing well, and, and where they're going. You know, the thing that I want to like, kind of say to that is mm -hmm. when i like i've mentioned versions of this before both in this series and when we mm -hmm. did the same thing for nicholas nickleby way back mm -hmm. when but when i like talk about these like wanting episodes to be self-contained or like complete in yeah. their own right that's not necessarily me saying that i want somebody to be able to tune in having not seen the rest mm -hmm. of the season and get it mm -hmm. because yeah. these are episodic and serialized mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it, it is banking off the fact that you have been following the journey thus far yes. and i wouldn't want them to try to dumb it down so anybody can tune in without having yeah. seen that what i'm more getting at is i want each episode to while still being mm -hmm. a piece of that bigger ongoing puzzle to still just if watched as i did earlier today just watched yeah. in a single sitting alone without having you know watched it in a binge session basically do i feel like there is kind of a complete thematic journey plot mm -hmm. journey character arcs even if mm -hmm. those arcs won't get fully paid off until later episode i just want there to be some kind of sense of completeness yeah. of this as an episode in its own right and the closest thing we have to that in this one is that we start with madeleine is going to hatch a plan and we see a few kind of points of that mm -hmm. but it's all cloak and dagger yeah. mystery we get one tiny yeah. reveal at the end of okay this is what she's doing with gallivant's presence mm -hmm. But then mm -hmm. we're instantly told a new piece that we hadn't even heard about yet is that I've also mm -hmm. invited somebody else who's on their way. Da, and da, yeah, da. Like, honestly, I think <laughs> while I get the appeal of a cliffhanger, mm -hmm. I, I might have liked to end this episode just maybe five seconds earlier with right. Gallivant's surprise that he has been invited into Madeleine's uh, chamber yeah. for this date mm -hmm. and that can be like a what's going on. That's still kind yes. of a cliffhanger. But yeah. I think it's the addition of mm -hmm. someone who may or may not be Rutger Hauer is going to show up in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I, I think that kind of, it makes it stringier than it has to be in what's already a pretty stringy episode. Yes, I agree. Like, he easily could have ended it just with him getting sad and mature. The mask, the, the hood comes off and it's just Madeline is saying, Hello, gal. Mm -hmm. You know, like, yeah. like, like, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't even have her on camera. Just have that as like a a, a voiceover that mask comes off and just his reaction to hearing mm -hmm. the words "hello, gal." Yeah, something like that. I think yeah. in my mind would have yeah. solved. Some I think of the that's problems. a cleaner ending. And especially given the fact that the next ending would have aired the same night, you don't need yes. to set up a cliffhanger to make sure people come back for it. They're already watching it. Right, like, exactly. Consider some of how the original release mm -hmm. made cliffhangers even a little redundant, yep. which is hard to put ourselves in the mindset of given the our 
propensity for binging and our active resistance of binging in this viewing <laughs> experience. But I, I don't know. I think they did a lot with very little in this episode, mm -hmm. given what a what a hard yeah. to pin down. Like, take the monks, for example. We can we'll talk more about the song and Weird Al in yeah. particular in just a moment, but. In any of the episodes leading up to this, the monks would have been the premise of the episode in yes. the very adventure of the week kind of way. It's like this week we're at a monastery and they're mm -hmm. singing monks. That would have been the whole yeah. thing. And the fact that they're just like a little blip on the journey here, I think, yeah. kind of shows the this interesting development of the structural terrain of the show that we arrive at here. Mm -hmm. Very much so. So speaking of monks and stuff, let's get into our guest stars of the week. Mm -hmm. So first off, let's talk about Weird Al Yankovic uh, as he's dubbed the confessional monk. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, so I what do you think of this guest star? It's funny. He has a name, the confessional monk. I always just viewed him as the lead monk, even though he leads <laughs> this sort of barbershop quartet chorus of monks. Yes. It's funny because I was so happy to see him I, both in my original viewing when I was it was a surprise mm -hmm. to me that he's even in this. And now yeah. in each subsequent viewing of which this is now my third time going through the show that <laughs> it's always a joy to see him show up on the screen. Yeah. He feels like a perfect fit for this comedy mm -hmm. musical material being one of the yeah. most famous comedic musicians probably ever. That said, I don't feel like the monk song. Welcome to our Abbey, the best in the domain, the order of our father of perpetual refrain and we're the monks. Hey, hey, we're the monks. Hey, hey, we're the monks. Hey, hey, we're the monks. While it is funny, it's definitely yeah. funny. I don't know if it's as funny as you would expect the song sung by Weird Al to be. Agreed. Because, yeah. you know, it's not particularly like a parody in any mm -hmm. interesting way. Not that it has to be, yeah. but yeah. in a show that's full of funny songs, I would have mm -hmm. expected one to be sung by Weird Al to be like the, the funniest song ever. <laughs> or that, or at least kind of stand out yeah. in some meaningful way. And at the end of the day, it's sort of just, yep, we're the monks, do to do And all of the monks are funny, mm -hmm. not just Weird Al, but I couldn't name any of the other actors yeah. in this chorus. I, I like how they all get their little, I'm the smart one, I'm the shy one. Like, I, the, yeah. you know, they get these kind of personality traits as part yeah. of the song that we mm -hmm. never get any kind of yes. payoff for what that, I'm not saying that's a problem, mm -hmm. I think that's funny. But yeah, I feel like we're, it's great that Weird Al's here and he does a good job with it, but he's mm -hmm. also tragically underused, if that makes sense. Agreed. Yes, mm -hmm. I will piggyback and say, that is a problem with this episode, is the monks. Mm -hmm. Not because they're bad, but because they're kind of a carryover from the episodic nature of the show, like the guest star of the week type thing, where if you were trying to clean up this episode, you could take them out and just have Izzy and Sid and Gallivant storming the castle in another way. Have them discuss this as something else. Like, you don't quite... Like obviously, it's a detour because Izzy is trying to do, uh, uh, delay Gallivant's arrival at the castle but at the same time i do feel it's a bit of a carryover and because they didn't use them to their full capacity hmm. it kind of feels like a half-baked concept that could have be either been expanded into, into a bigger part of the episode or could have just been kind of cut down yeah. and, and and that time reallotted to something else like just have weird al be i don't know something else in in, in like richard's court like have him be like the new jester that gets brought in hmm. or you know like have him act as like the hangman executioner 
who's kind of always cracking, kind of, kind of like in Robin Men in Tights, where there's like the hangman in that yeah. one, where it's like, hey, what's up, Lucy? You, you know, yeah. it's like have him be kind of be that role, or like reassign him to a different character. But yeah, like last week we had the funny, or was this two weeks ago? We had the funny executioners who sang their song. Yes, uh, that could have been a perfect use of Weird Al spot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Like they clearly the writers of the show clearly have this special fondness for the idea of singing monks because they will come back throughout the They series. come back throughout the whole damn thing. Well, I, I feel like it's only yeah. like they come back like maybe two or three times tops yeah. in, in small yeah. doses, but their first appearance is already a, such a small dose that it's yeah. like, it, it would have made more sense to have, yeah, like if we were debating between cutting them completely and using Weird Al some other way or expanding them to a full episode, I think I would have preferred the full episode because I, you yeah. know me, I don't have any problem with the episode, the the episodic kind of adventure mm -hmm. of the week stuff that we've had prior yeah. to this. And, but I think somewhere in the writing, they probably determined that there wasn't just, a, there just wasn't enough with this premise of singing monks yes. to build a whole episode around. So it just kind of got shoehorned. It'd be very to find like a moral story to fit with Galvin that hasn't already been done where, you yeah. know, it's like, okay, are we going to do the same thing again where he's got to, you know, think of more than just himself, that type of thing where, you know, so, so yeah, so it's just one of those things where it's like, obviously they didn't quite know yeah. how to make this into a bigger episodic adventure. So mm -hmm. it's like, okay, we'll just kind of shoehorn them in as like a, a, a mini side adventure yeah. to lead up to the bigger story that's going to happen next week. It's like, oh, maybe we could have rewritten that a bit to make them stronger or as I said, to cut them. But Weird Al's awesome. Like, I yeah, this is nothing it. against Weird Al yeah, as a performer. Yeah. He does a great yes. job, even he's if very it doesn't good. feel like he's being used to his full potential. Exactly. So there's that. And then we should actually give our shout outs or our, our, our thoughts on Darren Evans as Vincenzo and Sophie McShear as Gwen, because this is their kind of first big appearance, <laughs> like being around. Yeah, that's kind of like a back. We don't even step. know his name is Vincenzo yet. He's just chef at this point. That's true. He's still <laughs> just the chef. Mm -hmm. But but Gwen does get her name in this episode. Yes, Gwen does. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we've said a lot about Chef already because he has been in every single episode, to my recollection. Close yeah. to every episode. Yeah, and he's you know I I think I shouted him out from the very beginning. He's one of my yeah. favorite characters. I think he's so funny. He's so great. Just the what this actor does with his face. Yeah, <laughs> just just the 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 terrified expressions yeah. that he gives because it's the know. eyes. He's he's got yeah. those great big eyes. It's, yeah, it reminds me wonderful. of like he's like must have been a descendant of Marty Feldman or someone. I was about to say just, Marty yeah. Feldman is Igor. Like he's a yeah. total Marty Feldman Igor type. Yeah, and yeah. you know, as we were just talking about Mel Brooks comedy, and that yes. definitely feels like a spiritual successor of the function that he provides in yes. this type of story. Agreed. Um, yeah, so I, I I don't I feel like I've said my piece on him already. I know he gets a special song in this episode, but if we he want does. to talk about Gwen, what's the actor who plays Gwen? Again? Sophie McShare, who everybody will know as Daisy. Yes, from Downton Abbey, which I was aware that she was a character named Daisy on Downton Abbey. But as I've said in a previous episode, I have never watched Downton Abbey, so apologies yes! <laughs> to all of our Downton Abbey fans. Yeah, so like she's really fun. I yeah. it's funny to me every time I rewatch this to be reminded that she's not there from the start, given what a central presence she becomes yes. immediately after this. Mm -hmm. Where when you first are introduced to her in this episode, you kind of expect that she's just somebody who you're in this episode and maybe the next one too, but don't yeah. get attached. That she almost feels like more of a plot device than a character mm -hmm. yeah. in her own right. She's part of Madalena's scheming in all of this. But no, she's just she's part of the cast now and she's fun. Yeah. She has, you know, just this funny little 
you know, demure way about her, but, you mm-hmm. know, they they sing their great song together about how disgusting it is to be a peasant in the Middle Ages, which we'll, mm-hmm. I guess we'll get to that in a moment. But We will. Yeah, she, but yeah, she's just fun. Mm-hmm. She's perfectly suited for this kind of character. She has this, you know, very... I don't know if this is the right way of putting it, but like a wise child sort of way about her, yes. where it's quite youthful and like yeah. almost like a, she's a little girl, but there's like yeah. this wisdom and, you know, world weariness to her that suits it very well and makes yeah. makes her uh, apprehension about engaging in this romance pretty understandable. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I like her a lot. What do, what do you think? I thoroughly enjoy Gwen as a character. Once again, she's one of the, I mean, this is very much a carryover of Daisy from Downton Abbey, where she mm-hmm. plays a very similar servant role of, of a woman who is very progressive for her time, is is, is looking to the future, that type of thing. Yeah, ha, um, has very real concepts of what the world around them is. So, you know, it's one of those things where I was like, OK, so we're doing Daisy again. Like she's gone back to like kind of the role she's already been doing really well in Downton Abbey, which is fine. You cast somebody like that. She's going to hit that role out of the park. And she does. And once again, it's just so sweet. Her and uh, Vincenzo are just so, are just such a great character duo. Like, I, 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 they're like, they're my favorite couple on the show. Mm-hmm. By far. Yeah. And I mean, it's hard to do that when you come in for the end of a season and automatically you're just brought on as like someone who you want to see again and again. And and, mm-hmm. and yeah, and, and you come in in one song, you become entirely invested in this coupling. And like you want to see him get this horrible peasant life together with fleas and rotted teeth and mm-hmm. you know having twelve babies but only one makes it you know it's like very dark. Well, we'll we, we like like obviously we will get into the song, but it's like she's wonderful. Like I, I can't say I think wonderful is the perfect word. She comes mm-hmm. in, she and she hits it out of the park. Where right away she's very funny and very sweet, and also has some great zingers in the episode too. So yeah, yeah I thoroughly great. enjoy it. Yeah. I concur. Yes. Wonderful. So let's get into the songs. Uh-huh. So first off is Madalena's big number of the season. No one but you. It's you. No one but you. No one's as smart and hard of heart and looks the parts like you. Who'd pull off a good daytime like you. Or rock in a push-up bra like you. Well, here's a clue. No one but you. You. Well, don't look so short, no need to concoct excuses. Oh, bottomless tight white powers, your rightful due. It's true. You know it too. And frankly, upon reflection, given such sheer perfection, someone should take the cue. Guess who? Guess who? It's me. No one but me. Nobody wheels and double deals and killer heels song by madalena and her mirrored selves which is a great gimmick you can do now with like green screen work but it's so fun like once again looking at like some of the lyrics here in the trivia like on the on the gallivant wiki it's like once again it's it's just her doing like like this is her villain song mm-hmm. and this is like a fun villain song where you don't quite realize how like, like this is just like how villainous she's actually gonna go in this series well, this is the first step of like the vanity of Madalena coming out and it's perfect. And this whole episode is great where it sets her up really as 
horrible person because she has the whole line about why do I even bother talking to peasants? And it's like, hold on a minute. You were a peasant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you were the princess bride, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? So like, but like this is just such a great vein up. So then there's a great, and there's some great cut lyrics that only show up on, on the, on the, on the album, which are Madeline is saying, well, don't look so shocked. No need to concoct excuses. A bottom this tight. Why powers your rightful due? Madeline's reflection says, it's true. You know it too. Madeline is, then says, frankly, upon reflection, given such sheer perfection, someone should take the cue. Guess who? Madeline's reflections. Guess who? Madalena, it's me. Like, once again, it's just like the perfect Disney villain song where it's like the vanity, the over the top kind of. It's very Ursula almost. Like, mm-hmm. I get a lot or of unfortunate Ursula. souls. Yes. <laughs> it's that kind of like they know themselves very well. Actually, it's even. There's another song that's done in the, in, in the Little Mermaid Broadway show that Alan Menken and, this, and, his, and his lyricist wrote, which is, I want the good times back. And then one way or another, surprise, I'll spring the trap and get the good times back. I mean, with all the perks, the trap. but Ursula plotting that the reign that she will have when she gets back on the throne and usurps her brother mm-hmm. King Triton. And it's like, that is very similar sounding and it's just kind of like very jazzy, you know, it's kind of fun. And so it, it, it's great. Like I thoroughly enjoy Madalena's song. And once again, this is kind of that fun reveal of does Madalena sing? Because there's some actors who, you know, shy away from the singing because they don't do it very well. And they'll kind of sing more like, 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 like a Vinnie Jones doesn't have a lot of singing as Gareth because he has a like he's convinced that I'm not the best singer in the world, mm-hmm. you know. But like Madeline is what she has this great alto to her where it's like, oh, you're really fun in this. You clearly were having a grand old time in your various costumes and mirrors playing this uh-huh. scene out. So I thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah, Ryan. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think this is a really fun song. It's. It, as I mentioned before, I think Madalena's arc in this episode mm-hmm. is what holds the whole thing together yes. in an episode that otherwise it's a hard time holding itself mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny. I 100% agree that it's a villain song, but it's a very unconventional villain song, yes. which is because when I think of big Disney villain songs like Poor Unfortunate mm-hmm. Souls or Be Prepared, mm-hmm. it it's very much... Yes, I'm bad, and I revel in mm-hmm. being bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, Radigan! Like I, I feel like this is maybe more Radigan. of a villain song in the in the mold of something like Gaston. Goes tromping around wearing boots like Gaston. I use antlers in all of my decorating. Say it again. Who's a man among men? And let's say it once more. Who's a hero next door? Who's a super success? Don't you know? Can't you guess? Ask his friends and his wife. 
which yeah. uh, t- which to me isn't a villain song in the sense of I am evil and I will do evil mm-hmm. things. It's I'm the protagonist of the story and everyone mm-hmm. around me thinks I'm great. The yes. problem with Natalena is that she doesn't have sycophants like LeFou and all the pub dwellers <laughs> telling her she's great. She only has this chorus of herself who yeah. can bolster her up in this way. And I think that's really neat because from her perspective, she is kind of the protagonist of the story. I see villains like Ursula and Scar as people or lions or octopus ladies who think who realize that they're the villains of this story very much like Richard III like if you're not going to treat me like a hero a fine I'll be your villain where whereas I I see Madalena as I've the one I'm the one who's been kidnapped by this god-awful king who I don't like (laughs) I'm the victim here it's time for me to take control even though she's had control this whole time and she's been terrible about it but she doesn't think of it that way and we'll get more into her backstory in season two of why she kind of you know, recoils at her upbringing at peasantry yeah. like mm-hmm. this, which I don't know how much they necessarily conceive that in either the writing or the acting yeah. of what's motivating this character yet at this point. Mm-hmm. But I I see this song as kind of like a woohoo girl boss kind of moment. It is. Of, yeah, you you take the throne. You deserve mm-hmm. it. <laughs> like, yeah. It, yeah. even if, you know, we, we know she's going to be awful and we just had the line before that you pointed out yeah. reminding mm-hmm. us how awful she is so you don't get mm-hmm. too swept up in her yes. in the song. But I think the song does a good job of trying to make you forget that even if you can't quite do it. Right, and I mean, I mean, the the, um, the best way to tell if, if if it's a villain song or a protagonist song is a protagonist song is usually an I want song, like like mm-hmm. like Ariel saying I want legs or Belle saying I want adventure in the Great White somewhere. A villain song is usually more along the lines of an I am song. So Gaston mm-hmm. is uh, no one fights like Gaston. The mob song is we we don't like what we don't understand. In fact, it scares us. Madalena is no one but you. You are this. You are that. It's mm-hmm. like that's usually what you can tell when writing wise, because villains are usually more of an I am versus a yeah. I want. It, the only the main difference, or the one time where this kind of slips up a bit, is John Fry in Oklahoma with the Lonely Room song. It's a bit of a weird mix of it is very much an I want. He says, I want glory in that song. But at the same time, he also is an I am where he's talking about the loneliness of the room. But that's one of those weird mixes. But but what I hear you saying is that Hmm? (laughs) sorry, what I hear you saying is that every single character in Cats is a villain because they all have I am songs. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you look at it as Grizabella is the protagonist. Then uh, yes, because they all are else is the villain. Exactly. Who are in all Isabella's right. way. It's just at that musical's told in reverse, where typically the I want song starts the story. In this case, mm-hmm. the I am songs start the story, and it ends with Grizabella saying, I want this. You know, so it's, it's the reverse. And Alan Makin's very good at writing the I am songs, like Dentist in Little Shop of Horrors. Your dead, 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 dead. 
And though it may cause my patience distress, distress. Somewhere in heaven above me Where it's where he uses where he he just says I'm a bad man who likes to kill cats yes. and drill into people's <laughs> teeth and punch my dental assistants like it's just a full on yeah. There's no story. ambiguity about no. whether or not you are a villain. No, exactly. Steve Martin, <laughs> right? Exactly. So yeah. and it, 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 and I mean even if I mean like even with Gaston, if you look at the first time he sings in the movie in Bell, he like he's talking about himself. Like it's an I am mm-hmm. like the how do you start. Right from the moment when I met her, saw her, I said, she's gorgeous. And mm-hmm. I fell. In her town, there's only she yeah. who's beautiful as me. So I'm making plans to woo yeah. and marry Belle. Right away, that tells you exactly the, that. Yeah, he's the bad guy. <laughs> and and visually, we're introduced to him by a duck that he shoots. Yes! We see the duck first. He gets yeah. <laughs> shot, it falls to the ground. LeFou yeah. grabs it, and that's yeah. how we're yeah. introduced to Gaston. Right? At least in the, in the cartoon the poor version. Duck. Yeah. The poor duck. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, so I mean, yeah, it's it's a great villain song. But once again, it, it's it's a peppy villain song. It's one of those things where it's like <laughs> Gaston, where it's like it's a deceptive villain song. You don't quite realize what this is going to lead to down the road. Like like no villager in Gaston ever thinks this is going to lead to us storming a castle to kill a beast. <laughs> no, we're cheering up the like our comrade in arms of the town. You know. Yeah. So yeah. So Agreed. there we go. Okay, next song is. Hey, where are the monks? Because I'm a monk. Bless you, children. We'll fetch the holy water and holy soap as well. Because holy guacamole, that one reeks the holy hell. And we're the monks. Hey, 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 we're the monks. We're the monks. Hey, hey, we're the finger popping, never stopping, humble. We're the cherry topping monks. We are jazz Our wonderful barbershop quartet. We kind of talked about it already. Yeah. I, I, I don't have much more to say. It's a cute song. Not all that memorable to me. I usually actually kind of skip it. So. Yeah, I, I like it. I think it's fun. Yeah. I don't think I like it as much as the writers of this show like it. Yeah. Which is I, 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 just by how much it'll keep coming back throughout the series. Yeah. And yeah, it's it. It doesn't feel like the best use of Weird Al, as we said before. I do like the way that each of the monks gets like a moment where they get to present their contribution to this five man band of their personalities, (laughs) a la like Josie and the Pussycats or or Ninja Turtles or what? Yeah. What? Who am I in this group? But yeah, like I I think it's fun. Mm -hmm. It doesn't propel the plot forward at all. It just exists Mm -hmm. to be a nuisance. But it's yeah. a little too catchy to be a nuisance. I don't really buy it when people like Isabella or yeah. Gallivant roll their eyes or cringe at yeah. this song and its recurrence. I'm like, yeah, I, I gladly hear you sing some more funny monks. Yeah. That's that's yeah. fine by me. Um, I love Gallivant's yeah, so. reaction to the whole thing of what's with your monks? They took a battle of, of, of song. Yeah. Ah, great. <laughs> I, I also love how it's a, a continuation of something that was set up in the earlier episode, the one that was in Sid's Kingdom of how the Valencians are just a very theatrical people. Yeah. Now their main pastime yeah. is like improvised comedy yeah. and their monks have now done a vow of musical yeah. singing. Yes. It's just like there's a, something inherently theatrical about the Valencian culture that I think is interesting. This explains why they got conquered so easily. They're not fighters, yes. they're lovers, they're artists. <laughs> they're not brutes like Richard and, and Gareth are. Or Gareth, more yes. than Richard. 
but there you go. But yeah, no, definitely like, and you definitely get some homages to like the Music Man with like the four yeah. barber, with, 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 with the four towns guys who become the barber shop. Ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. Uh, ice yes. cream. How can mm-hmm. there yeah. be any sin in sincere? How can there be any sin in sincere? Where is the good in goodbye? Yeah. And, they're, and they always kill whenever I see the music band. Mm-hmm. The audience loves the Barbershop Quartet. And yeah, once again, agreed, uh, it, it, it is a lost art. We, we do not have enough Barbershop Quartets in the world. <laughs> we don't have it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think the concept of barbershops has changed a lot. Also, do you know the history? I, I don't. I'm asking just in earnest, like why it's called a Barbershop Quartet. Is there some sort of I don't know why it's called a barbershop quartet. Yeah. Um, quartet because it's four of them usually. Quartet because it's case, four. It could be a five months. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's because it, like 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 with, like within like a barbershop, like there's a few people there at any time, so maybe they would sing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What is the origin? Uh, I, I mean, like I can tell you about a barber's pole. The history of like yes, that I could tell you as well with the yes. surgeon's blood rags. Correct. Yes. But no, I. I Anyway, we don't need to dwell on the history no. of the term barbershop quartet. I'm just, <laughs> you're a musical ex- expert yes. savant about these things. I thought maybe you would know. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, I do not know the history of, of that one. And then the other big song is If I Could Share My Life With You, the mm-hmm. Chef and Gwen song. Sip some rancid wine And life won't taste like human waste If you could share yours with mine We would have a dozen kids And maybe one will die And the plague, the runs Invading Huns Just think that time would fly If you could share your life with me I'd cherish every foul breath The filth, the rot, the leprosy The painful lingering death So, it's a cute this is, romantic duet. This is such a cute song, but it's also I love Horrifying. the fact that Alan Macon and Glenn Slater uh, wrote yeah. a song that kind of is like, yeah wasn't that great in our perspective but hey to them if they can live a life where they where a few kids survive out of 14 or 12 whatever their number was and you know there's a, a moderate amount of light of lice and fleas and rotted teeth and bad breath it's like okay we can live with this yep you know it's kind of like your situation in life dictates that and the fact that gwen knows that it, it is it is a very hard life ergo why should i invest in this mm-hmm. lifestyle. Yeah. You know, yeah, so I'm like, like real... okay, fair enough. Yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, you sum it up very well there mm-hmm. is that what they're singing about sounds horrible to us, but the fact that they don't bat an eye at it is where mm-hmm. one, the comedy comes from, but it actually says something pretty yes. interesting about perspective and what it would be like to actually be mm-hmm. a medieval peasant, whether or not this is an accurate portrait. Obviously, I'm sure yeah. they wouldn't have been singing in this way about 
uh, how their children are dying. But yeah, they, it might have just been normal that, you know, infant mortality was very low at this time. It is. Shucks. It's, it'll just keep trying, I guess. Uh, yeah. And yeah, the lice, the rotten teeth. Yeah, it's, it, it, you know, it, it really kind of, it's, I don't think I've ever cringed so much, like in the best possible way mm-hmm. at a song that's supposed to be a romantic duet, just like the things they're talking it's, about or It's so <laughs> wonderfully you know, awful. Gets under I mean, your that, skin, yeah. I mean, like speaking of cut things and, and awful things, so one of the cut lines in the song is, in the freezing night, we cuddle tight and sit some rancid wine and life won't taste like human waste if you could share yours with mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah like once again just poor just... lyrics of like this is very kind of into the woods like i could mm-hmm. see an into the woods style sondheim and character poking fun at themselves or even like spam a lot that type of thing there was like let's take something that's supposed to be this grand romantic duet and let's make the audiences horrified by what they're describing and the fact that the whole episode what madalena keeps calling them like smallpox like dead eyes things like that where it's like all the nicknames you could give these four people you know it's great i love it i thoroughly enjoy it so mm-hmm. yeah agree good one all right let's wrap this up ryan where would this episode rank in your back five episodes here so like what uh, where does it stand i forget where i left off my ranking last time did i put episode four is my in my number one spot do you remember i don't uh, think you did okay i still have like number one then maybe number four and then two yeah three yes okay that so right. if that's the case i think i would go episode one then four then two then this one number mm-hmm. five and then three is still dead last mm-hmm. for me i because I, I, I think yeah. just yeah the it's sort of i think they it goes back to what i said at the beginning this episode is very strong Mm -hmm. at being a good version of a setup episode but that Mm -hmm. doesn't make it not just a setup episode in my view i it gets a little bonus points for pulling off as much impressive stuff as it does with (laughs) that as its premise and yeah it's I really feel like episode three, the one that I keep at the bottom of my ranking, is just really a marching in place kind of episode. It yeah. does very little to advance the plot, even as far as the adventure of the weak ones go. Uh, whereas yes. this one, I can see where it's going. Good things are on the horizon, mm-hmm. but on its own mm-hmm. terms, I don't know if I love mm-hmm. this episode in its kind of standaloneness, mm-hmm. as I mm-hmm. often apply yeah. that as a framework for judging the quality of them individually. Yeah, yeah I would you? go one, two, five. Four, three. Okay. Yeah. So because similar. Similar. Just because I feel because five fits more with the serialized story we're telling mm-hmm. works better than three and four, which are more episodic. And it's like, these are great, but I feel like, we could, as I said in the past, these could have been combined into one adventure versus having two kind of, as you say, marching in place episodic adventures where it's like okay bigger story here is galvant on getting to the castle let's give more time to him actually at the castle or storming the castle you know so that'd be my only thing is 
There. It sounds like you and I have very similar rankings with the exception yes. of the fact that I really like episode four and you're a lot more lukewarm on it. And that's the thing that kind yes. of throws off our rankings. <laughs> but if you yeah. were to remove four from our rankings, yeah. we would have the exact same ranking yes. in terms of if, yes. if episode four didn't exist. Yes. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, next week we have episode six, which is called Dungeons and Dragon Lady. So, we'll find out whose hand that was at the end. <laughs> there we go. And we also get a surprise uh, British um, mm-hmm. guest star as well. So there we go. All right. So, we'll see you all yeah, in the next great. episode. Ryan, give us a classic Ryan Barakovich send off. Yeah, not someone who you necessarily want to find on social media. Uh, but if you <laughs> like me and my op- opinions about all things theater, you can follow Cup of Hemlock Theater, which I also do with Mac, mm-hmm. which is at COH Theater on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And it's Cup of Hemlock Theater on YouTube and all the podcast places. Check it out if you like theater and whatnot. Love it. Awesome. You can find follow me at Mackenzie Horner, all social media platforms. You can, as, as Ryan said, follow our other theatrical antics over at Cup of, Cup of Hemlock Theater, where Ron and I do all types of fun things like screenplays episodes of Amadeus. We have mm-hmm. editorials of a theater etiquette where Ryan and I got, a, got into some spicy combos, you know? So, <laughs> it was quite spicy, yeah, I must agree. <laughs> it, 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 it was quite a spicy one, for sure. So, yeah, for now, stay healthy, stay safe, and we will see you all in the next episode. Thanks. Have a good day. Bye. Yes, it would be sweet misery if I could share it with you. Yeah, it might be sweet misery to share